The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Anthony Costanza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Happy Monday to you all. Week two of NFL Free Agency of 2021 is on its way to commencing, or I guess has already commenced. So good to be back on the air with you. Maybe not as exciting as week one or, uh, you know, I mean, not as many high-profile names on the open market at this point in time as there was this time last week. But... The Bengals have made some moves. They've had some familiar faces leave the building and go to other other teams. We'll talk about that. We're going to go through all of the headlines about the team. This is the Monday Water Cooler Chat. Why do we call it that? Because we're all meeting together around a water cooler of sorts, a virtual water cooler, talking sports, talking Bengals, all of that. We're going to talk some Bengals. We're going to talk some AFC North. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk all things NFL. And we're going to try and do it in as concise of a show as possible. We've been going a little longer on these, so um, we're going to try and get it going a little at a little quicker pace if we are able to. But we're gonna we're gonna go through all of these. We've got our Wednesday night show as well, and then we've been doing some listener questions live shows. We did one last week. We apologize if we did not get to your question. Please submit those to us um, when we when we get set to do listener questions live. We try to do as many as possible. We try to monitor all the channels there, so. Don't get discouraged if for some reason we did not get to yours. Please, please, please send them our way, and we will try to get to those when we do listener questions live. All right. So, and hello, everybody. I see I see. hello, hello, hello. Seeing some, some familiar faces, some familiar names on all of the channels. You can join us live on our YouTube channel, Orange or Black Insider. Subscribe there. CincyJungles.com, Facebook page. And of course, we're on both of the Twitter accounts going live. So join us live there. And then, of course, get us, get the show, the uh, Orange is the New Black podcast from Mason Zim, Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk. All of our shows are on your favorite audio platforms. Get it where you can. Let's go. We've had a long intro, so let's get right to it. I'm going to start sharing my screen so you guys can see what I am looking at here. Let's get you caught up on what the Bengals have done thus far in terms of additions to the team and the roster. Here is a little checklist on cincyjungle.com. It has been recently updated. So you see here, it does have some of the figures that we know. It has some of the, you know, the players that have been brought back on their contracts. So here you go. 
Clark Harris, one year, 1.2 million. Jalen Davis, one year, 920,000. Brandon Allen, uh, apparently set to be the backup quarterback or at least be in the competition for that one year, one and a half million. Defensive end, Trey Hendrickson, four years, 60 million with 16 million fully guaranteed. And of course, that move was in part made because Carl Lawson was a departure. We'll talk about some of those. Uh, Chidobe Awuzie, three years, 21.75 million with seven and a half million guaranteed. Mike Hilton, the former Steelers cornerback, four years, 24 million with six million fully guaranteed. Brandon Wilson, two years at just over four million. Tony Brown has a one-year contract. Samaje Pirine, backup running back, who had a nice end of the year last year, comes back, has bounced on and off the active roster a couple of times since Zach Taylor brought him on board uh, in 2019. So he is back two years, 3.3 million. Nice end of the year for him last year, particularly against the Houston Texans. Mike Thomas uh, comes back as well, a familiar face for Zach Taylor as he was on the, the Rams for a little bit. One-year contract. Defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi, good move here by the Bengals. A little pricey one year, 6.2 million, but an athletic guy, a very active player and a guy that they think is going to help the middle of their defense there. They're probably not done. We'll talk more about that. And then, of course, another big move that occurred over the weekend, many of you know, Riley Reef essentially signing. It's it's a it's a two-year deal. I guess there's one that is voidable. We've got an article on that that explains all of that, but it's essentially a one-year deal, $7.5 million, and then you see there the void year uh, attached. So along with that, you've got Carl Lawson leaving in free agency. Um, he is with the Jets. William Jackson going to Washington. Uh, the Bengals let Geno Atkins go, unfortunately, and it was kind of a predictable move, but they do save some cap space, and Geno Atkins is, has been released in the wake of a lot of these moves. And, uh, A.J. Green signs a one-year deal with Arizona. So, you know, a lot of familiar faces, guys that have been around this team for a very long time, uh, have, are, are no longer with with the Bengals. And some of their bigger names that they wanted to retain in free agency, Carl Lawson, William Jackson, are no longer with the team. So that's, that's a little bit where we're at with things in, in terms of the Bengals, the signings they've made, re-signings, outside guys, that sort of thing. And they have continued to remain active in the outside free agency market. We'll talk more about that. But wanted to catch you all up on that in case you were wondering where the Bengals are at at this point in time. So the next area or an area of concern that I think most of us, including myself, have been monitoring pretty closely is the wide receiver market for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bengals were reportedly in the Kenny Galladay sweepstakes. They had a one-year contract on the table for him. And Kenny Galladay has now opted to go to the New York Giants four years. I think it was 72 million or something to that effect. So he is, he is gone. It was just a contract that was just way too pricey for the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals went and looked at some players in tiers below Kenny Galladay. And there are some names maybe that they were interested in, maybe they were thinking about maybe Bengals Twitter and all of us have kind of wondered if they were trying to connect some dots here, right? I mean, when you look at Josh Reynolds and Sammy Watkins, those are two names, former Rams guys. Maybe those were players they were looking at. Well, Josh Reynolds is gone. He he signed a deal with the Titans. Chris Conley's off the board, a guy who's bounced around between Kansas City and Jacksonville. He is off the board. He's been, he's had a couple of 
relatively productive years, a, a decent wide receiver that could have been a nice, you know, number three, number four wide receiver for this team. And then, of course, now this is a, bleeds a little bit over into AFC North chat. Sammy Watkins, as of Monday, is now visiting the Ravens. So the Bengals are uh, looking at some limited options now on the on the free agent wide receiver market and we we're trying to read the tea leaves they still have some work to do yes they signed riley reef and you like that they've solidified that by the way going back a step the Bengals did release bobby hart as well in the wake of the reef signing that was a name that uh, say you know i should have mentioned and they saved some cap space there as well but i mean you, you gotta like the improvement they made there but they still have some interior line both both sides of the ball, defensive line and interior offensive line. They're looking for some help on both of those areas. Uh, they're sniffing around some linebackers in the draft and whatnot. And so, you know, they, they have some areas that they definitely want to shore up. We'll see what they do here, but th there's been some contact to some uh, other free agents uh, that are guards. So maybe if the Bengals solidify the guard position, you've got Riley Reef. then maybe wide receiver is your target, either at number five or at the top of round two. But the Bengals right now, they've got – Auden Tate, Mike Thomas, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Those are those are your wide receivers. Alex Erickson left in free agency. Another name I should have mentioned, A.J. Green, I did mention left in free agency. So, you know, I mean, the, the Bengals need some, need some help here. And uh, John Ross left as well to the New York Giants. So they need some help at this position group. And a lot of names are either coming off the board in free agency or are looking like they will in the form of Sammy Watkins. So there are other names out there, you know, T.Y. Hilton up there in age, a name that's that's floating out there. There are a couple of other options. We'll see what the Bengals end up doing. Uh, you know, maybe there's a player trade out there to be made. Maybe there's another surprise cut that's, that's coming that they uh, are, are kind of anticipating and they're going to go that route. But right now the Bengals need some help at wide receiver and they're kind of remaining a little bit, uh, I guess, passive or inactive in that market at this point. I mentioned the Riley Reef contract. This is the structure. Uh, oh, I'm seeing here. It looks like from our friend, uh, Z uh, gosh, Zumiazga in the in the YouTube chat. Hopefully, I said that. It says Huber just resigned with the Bengals, so that must have happened either shortly before or uh, when I took the air here. So um, we'll have to confirm that. But it looks like. He, he may be re-signed. We'll, we'll work on confirming that there as we go through the news here. Riley Reef's unique contract. This is on cincyjungle.com as well. So let's take a look at this. In case you hadn't see this, seen this, this is from Nick Manchester. So essentially what it is, is it's it's a two-year contract worth $7.5 million with a void year in 2022. So technically, it's a one-year deal for $7.5 million. The void year means that Reef will not play for the Bengals in two, in 22 unless they specifically re-sign him. They will still pay him in 2022, but that is just to spread out his cap hit. And then, of course, Manchester makes it easy for all of us here to oversimplify it. Reef is playing for only one year, but his cap hit will be 4.7 million in 21 and 2.8 million in 22. Reef will play for one year, but his cap hit will be spread out over two years unless the Bengals extend him before his contract expires. So there's some flexibility, not only cap wise, but what the Bengals want to do pot potentially at the right tackle spot. So this gives them a little bit of a relief when it comes to them going on the clock at number five and you know is it Penny Sewell is it Rashawn Slater is it Derisaw 
or do they not feel that they have to be abs- they have to be forced into taking a tackle at number five because hey you know we're not absolutely in love with the way the board's falling we we missed out on our top tackle let's just say and we've got Riley Reef here waiting in the wings that we can we can re-sign for another year if he's you know if he proves to be effective let's not force our hand here let's take the best player available on our board so there's a little bit of flexibility there and a little bit of creativity from the Bengals front office so you like you like to see that. I'm going to, if you joined us for our Wednesday show, I, our soundbite of the week was Trey Hendrickson talking to Fox 19's Joe Denneman, just kind of talking about him being a starter and having a productive year last year with the Saints. And he thinks that the future is bright for the Bengals. Uh, in, in the, uh, this was an, uh, another appearance on Undefined with Josina Anderson. Uh, uh, I couldn't go to sleep. I'm thinking about orange and black and rocking 91 over there. It's going to be a blast. He says, truthfully, I feel like I can help this organization. I think there's a lot of potential here with the quarterback, Joe Burrow. The defense is one or two pieces away from really locking down opposing quarterbacks. And if we can get, hit these guys in the backfield and get them off their spot, I can't wait to add to this pass rush. He did say they're in a building phase, and I think it has to come from within. They're adding the right pieces right now by signing Von Bell, by the way, a former teammate and getting guys in the draft like Sam Hubbard and going out and getting me, I think they're getting the right culture inside of the locker room. I think that's where a lot of the special teams have it is when they have is when they come together for unanimous win and play for each other and touch all the lines and hold the standard from within uh, and the rest will take care of itself. So uh, basically kind of saying how excited he is for the Cincinnati Bengals, the fact that they he feels they are moving in the right direction and that he will – um, he's, he's hoping to be a big part of it and he's hoping to carry that big season into this one for the Bengals here. And the Bengals really need him. The Bengals really need him. They're, they're going to be missing a lot from Carl Lawson and they need to get after the quarterback. They've been very, very poor at sacking the quarterback, particularly last year. They need to get more quarterback pressures, more quarterback sacks, more big plays on defense. And hopefully a and Hendrickson and Hilton will help bring some of those turnovers, those sacks, those that sort of thing that kill drives and eliminate the damage on defense and, and get the ball back into Joe Burrow's hands. That's the goal. So the Detroit Lions signed a kicker, and it was former Bengals kicker Randy Bullock, who had been with the team for a few seasons. And I know there, there were some ups and downs there. Randy Bullock did have a decent kicking percentage. However, he did not seemed to make the clutch kicks. He did not seem to make the really long kicks when they, when they needed them. Um, you know, I, I guess you could say a, a pretty good career for the Bengals or a pretty good stint for the Bengals, but not an outstanding one because there was a lot of missed opportunities there. But he did say goodbye to the Bengals, and he was thankful to, even though he sp- misspelled the city of Cincinnati, but he said, uh, this is a tweet that he put out there. Thank you, Cincinnati. My wife and I are forever grateful for the memories over the last five years of my career. I'd like to thank the Brown family, Darren Simmons, Marvin Lewis, Zach Taylor, and his staff for the opportunity. Um, and then of course he goes on to say that he is excited to join the Lions. So just a little thank you note from Randy Bullock as he exits the Bengals in his time here and moves on to Detroit as their kicker. 
I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. We're cruising along through the headlines of the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and the NFL on this Monday water cooler chat, the second week of free agency. Thank you for joining us live. Thank you for listening after the fact. You can get this on all of your major audio platforms. You can get it on our YouTube channel, all of that. So subscribe where you can. We appreciate the support. We're going to keep bringing you this show, our Wednesday night show. And then, of course, listener questions live. We do those through much many of the Fridays of each month. So keep it to us. And then, of course, you've got other shows on the on the podcast channel, other great ones like Matt Minnick's Chalk Talk and Orange is the New Black from Ace and Zim. So appreciate the support. Even though the Bengals haven't been making signings, that does not mean that they have not been active and looking at players. One such player that I think a lot of people felt that could have helped the Bengals was Sheldon Rankins, uh, an active interior defensive lineman. This was a guy I think a lot of a lot of fans wanted the Bengals to draft a couple of years ago anyway. But the, the Bengals seem to be very interested in the New Orleans Saints defensive group. Uh, and Sheldon Rankins was a guy that he got a, a pretty lucrative contract from the Jets. I believe it was two years... Uh, yeah, two years, seventeen million worth up to seventeen million. And Tom Pelissero of NFL Network and NFL.com said the Bengals also made a hard run at Rankins, the former Saints first round pick, who lands in New York instead. So this was as of uh, yesterday that the Bengals supposedly made a run at that. Now, what a quote unquote hard run at Rankins means, who knows? That contract was probably too rich for their blood, given the contract that they just paid Joby. but they did make some space releasing some of these players. So um, apparently, you know, they just, they, they're not, they're not getting that pen to paper. They're, they're going after guys. They're trying to improve their football team and they are just not getting that ink to paper for some of these players that they are, they're coveting or just not putting out there that extra little bit of money maybe extra bit of incentives, that sort of thing that these guys are coveting and they're, they're going elsewhere and kind of chasing, chasing the better contract, so to speak. So uh, at any rate, the Bengals miss out on a, on a, you know, pretty promising player for their defense and they continue to look at bolstering that defense. I know that's not necessarily a popular opinion. I know my, myself included, I'm a little frustrated at what the Bengals aren't doing at wide receiver at this point in time, but the fact of the matter is the Bengals defense has been really, really bad over the better part of two, three years. I mean, you can go back to Terrell Austin's um, record setting poor defense in 2018. You know, that, that year started off promising and then the defense really let him down. And then you kind of go back over the last couple of years and, you know, they've been gouged by divisional rivals, particularly on, on the ground in the running game and, fail to get after the quarterback, fail to turn the ball over a lot, and and they want to change that. So I know there's a lot of work to do on offense, but um, there's really a lot of work to do at a lot of different spots on this team, and they're trying to fix their immediate pressing needs that they feel they can, they can remedy in free agency on defense. But that being said, I, I briefly mentioned this. I think we all know this, unfortunately, but Kenny Galladay does pick the Giants over the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't need to really belabor this point other than to say he signed a pretty big deal here. I think it was, like I said, uh, four, four, yeah, four-year deal worth $72 million, $40 million guarantee. The Bengals were never going to do that much in, in the guaranteed money. And to be quite honest, you know, I, I – there's part of me that that sits here and says, hey, you know, you want this guy, you think he's going to improve your offense, go pay him the money. But there's a part of me that also says that's just a, given the multitude of other needs on this roster, 
it's it's a little bit of a rich contract and a guy that was injured last year as well. So there would be, be some pretty significant risk. It would have been a high profile signing, a need signing for the Bengals, but uh, that, that's pretty rich blood there. And, you know, unfortunately the Bengals lost out on that sweepstakes. They tried to get, get something that they, they tried to take advantage of the market really. And the fact that the salary cap dropped by offering a pretty lucrative one-year deal just didn't move the needle enough for Kenny Galladay and the Bengals fans. Hey, they did their part with the hashtag Galladay D E Y on Twitter. That was one of the trending things on Twitter. So uh, if you were one of those that got that trending, good for you, you know, pretty, pretty cool stuff to see that the Bengals getting some national run on Twitter there based on a, a little fun they were having with free agency. You got to like that. The Bengals need help on the interior offensive line. I feel like I've said that about three times on this show already. Good friend of the program, Malik Wright, who is uh, quickly becoming a Bengals favorite on Twitter because of his insider knowledge. He he notes that the Bengals have been in contact with Trey Turner. Uh, he's a five-time Pro Bowler, only 27 years old, but it's hard to know exactly. He, he notes, you know, it's difficult. I think the Bengals, based on how they value or devalue guards, and the market for interior offensive linemen has been a little weak this year. I think they may be trying to scoop together a deal, and they're trying to also capitalize on the market for him after Turner had had a pretty poor season last year. I mean, he had those five Pro Bowls, but pretty poor season with the Chargers last year, leading to his um, you know entry into free agency. And so the Bengals are trying to take advantage, maybe get a good deal there. We'll see if something comes to fruition. He would be a, a nice piece to add there. Probably Quentin Spain, I would think, is somewhere in the Bengals' plans. Just personal speculation there. I, I think they like what they what he gave them last year. If you're able to go Quentin Spain, Trey Turner, add to that offensive line, that would help. Or if you're able to add someone that has maybe some center experience based on what's going on with Trey Hopkins, you got to figure that would also be a wise investment and you know, give you some positional flexibility, even from a backup type of standpoint or emergency starter type of stand, uh, standpoint. But we'll see. The Bengals are also doing their due diligence in the NFL draft, as expected. That's just over, and we've got some a lot of things to talk about with that. Just over a month away here, about five weeks away. Uh, Justin M underscore NFL on Twitter. There is a, a Isaiah McDuffie as a uh, he's a linebacker. He's you know inside the top ten, top fifteen at the position. But he has met Isaiah McDuffie has met virtually with uh, a number of teams, including the Bengals. You see there, so the Bengals are interested in Isaiah McDuffie and potentially bolstering their linebacker group further. They may still add a veteran based on the overall youth and inexperience. I mean, right now, if I remember correctly, the uh, most veteran tenured player on their in their linebacker core right now is Jermaine Pratt. So he's a guy that uh, was was drafted in nineteen, and now you've got the the three young guys from last year and Josh Bynes maybe floating out there as an option, but he's a free agent. So the Bengals are are still looking at upgrading their linebacker group and hopefully all of those young guys take a nice leap this next year as well. The Bengals in free agency are still looking at some help in on the interior offensive line. I mentioned Trey Turner and then here's your center. I said, you know, center 
someone with center experience could be someone that uh, it could be a position or a, a need that they look to fill in some capacity. So you've got Nick Easton, um, another former Saints player. <laughs> another former Saints player that the Bengals are interested in. They are vying with the Texans potentially and in, in trying to schedule visits. I, I looked a little bit on Easton. He's been, he's kind of, you could say he's a backup player. Maybe he's a guy they look at as a short-term starter. He signed a pretty lucrative contract with New Orleans, but just in the fact that the, the cap, the salary cap hell that New Orleans is in right now, they shed him off the books. And so now he's a guy that's floating out there and the Bengals and Texans are, um, are, are interested. We'll see what, what transpires there, but he would be, you know, at least somebody that has, you know, some, some experience and somebody that can help, because of the issues with Trey Hopkins, we're, we're still waiting for Billy Price to take that next step in his career. And the Bengals just need interior offensive line help. Mike Jordan, same boat as, as Billy Price looking to take that next step. So they're going to need some help. And they're looking. It, they're not necessarily – I mean, Trey Turner is the guy I think everybody wants at this point, but not necessarily some names that move the needle super heavily for a lot of Bengals fans. But still, that doesn't mean that they aren't players that can help whether it's as a backup role or something that is more of an immediate immediate starting uh, option for the team. Let's get into, I guess, a little bit of mock draft Monday, right? Um, after, after free agency moves, it's kind of in vogue for a lot of people. And I guess we may be next on this show to do a, a post free agency or a post week one, week two free agency mock draft. And here is one from the fine folks over at Pro Football Focus. It's a three-round NFL mock. I probably won't go through all three rounds, but you can look this up here. Um, you see here, predictably, quarterback, quarterback. And then you see Sewell off the board at three to the Dolphins. Quarterback, so you've got four quarterbacks. I'm sorry, three quarterbacks in the first four picks, rather. Carolina moves up with the Bengals here. And then you've got the Bengals going at number eight from the Panthers, getting Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. Now, if you joined us for the listener questions live last Friday, I said I kind of said, I wonder if this is now where the Bengals are pivoting. I, I still think Panay Sewell, just based on the, the overall ceiling, I think that he w could become a, a better football player than Slater. I think Slater's floor is, is higher. Um, so there's a little less risk there, but I think this may be where the Bengals could could be uh, where they pivot in terms of look. You know, this is a kid that we we just signed Reef Slater's a kid that can play guard. We can groom him to play tackle, but he we don't have to throw him at tackle right away. We like Jonah Williams at at a tackle spot, so maybe they draft Slater. He's ready to start right now as a guard. They feel and they go that route. Maybe that's their mindset going forward. And oh, by the way, if you're able to move back, get this kid who could start for you, be an effective player and get another pick or multi multitude of picks for him uh, and for that number five overall pick to help fill other needs of your roster. That may be where the Bengals pivot here. So interesting stuff from Pro Football Focus. There are two more rounds there. I'm not going to go through it. I'm going to let you do the homework so you can and give them the clicks there. So you go through there and check out what, what the other picks were for the Bengals. But they have the Bengals trading out of five, getting Rashawn Slater from uh, the, the at the number eight pick from Carolina and getting other picks there to help them out. So check out 
that mock draft. Another one that was just kind of a thrown out there willy-nilly from Benjamin Albright is a little bit of a ideal scenario for the team. And this is from my co-host John Sheeran on cincyjungle.com. And it's based on a, uh, again, a, a tweet by Benjamin Albright. And you see there the Bengals trade back with Carolina. They get picks. And oh, by the way, there's Panay Sewell sitting at number eight. That also would be a nice scenario for the team to have. Now, I don't – some people are saying, hey, you could put Penny at guard. Uh, I, I see Slater as a better guard if you were to play him there instead of tackle than Sewell personally. But, uh, you know, I, I guess anything is possible. Maybe that's that's a route for you. Maybe if Sewell falls, for, if falls to you, whether it's at five or eight or what have you, maybe then that's where the Bengals um, say, you know, are – our words be damned about Jonah Williams and maybe he's the guy that kicks into guard. Maybe Riley reef kicks into guard, but everything still to this point, even up to the Riley reef signing, they're saying that those are the tackles, be it being Jonah Williams and Riley reef. And so uh, as of now, the Bengals still need some offensive line help and they do need a tackle of the future, whether it's Sewell Slater, whoever, but interesting stuff from Ben Albright in terms of a prediction and a mock draft of sorts for the Bengals. There's another one here from CBS Sports. And again, quarterback heavy at the top. This is from Emery Hunt of CBS Sports. So go check out what they had to say here. Here's round one, of course, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields going to. You've got Jamar Chase off the board, Trey Lance at number four for the Falcons. So you've got three quarterbacks off the board in the first four picks again. And he wows us a little bit with Derisaw, a guy that is kind of looked at as number one C in terms of an offensive lineman or offensive tackle. Um, and Emery Hunt says, I believe Derisaw is the best tackle in the draft class, and he would almost immediately help strengthen the Bengals' offensive line in front of Joe Burrow. So not only do they have the Bengals taking Derisaw, but he is, if you look, he's the first offensive lineman off the board. It's not like they're quote unquote settling there because Slater and or Sewell are off the board. He has Derisaw just outright being the pick at number five and the first offensive lineman off the board for the Bengals there. So take that for what you will. Then we've got one more mock draft for mock draft Monday from Lance Zierlein of NFL.com. He obviously is looking at the first wave of free agency. We're in the second wave of free agency right now, which is second week. So you've got, again, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Chase going at three there, Carolina Panthers taking uh, number uh, Trey Lance at number four. They traded up for trade, uh, Trey Lance, and then they've got the Bengals taking Sewell. So another usual suspect, and no one – uh, at least in some of these mock drafts here, um, you know, everybody's still picking the Bengals to go offensive line based on what they have done or have not done in free agency. So that's what some of these mock drafts are saying. We're going to be putting up more, not only of our own, but relaying those on cincyjungle.com. And then we'll be doing more on our orange and black insider Bengals podcast as well. So keep it to us. We'll do, we'll, we'll have some fun with it as we've got another five weeks until the NFL draft. <laughs> Let's look a little bit and extend out to the rest of the division. Some things happening there. Uh, before, I, I don't have one to share on this, but 
Um, many of you know that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster re-signed with the, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It seemed as if that, that was basically all but done. Smith-Schuster, I guess, had, had talks with Chiefs and the Chiefs and the Jets. And, you know, he, he signed this contract with the Steelers and there's a lot of voidable years in the back end of it, but uh, he is, he's going to stay with the Steelers. So uh, after all of that and all of the drama and everything, uh, Smith Schuster is going to stick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now the Steelers are doing their due diligence. They're a little bit um, inactive in free agency as well. They're doing their due diligence in the draft here. Uh, Nick Bolton had a zoom meeting with Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. Uh, and then the Jerry Olz, Olzavsky attended his pro day. I think he was also seen working out Bolton in, in individual drills as well was Olsavsky. So the Steelers looking to bolster their illustrious, traditional, traditionally strong linebacker core. I think Devin Bush was hurt for most of last year. So, you know, they, they want, they're getting him back. They lost Bud Dupree. And now, you know, you, you're trying to get, you're trying to get this kid. Now I know Bud Dupree is kind of an edge slash outside guy, and this is an inside linebacker, but um, you know, still they want to bolster their linebacker group. So they are trying to do that going forward. Talking about Cleveland Browns, and this is a little bit of NFL news as well. The Cleveland Browns, actually, yeah, we'll go here. Cleveland Browns basically are—they're going to be hosting through their uh, a lot of different facilities and whatnot. But um, they're going to be hosting the NFL draft. There's going to be some limitations in place in terms of in-person attendance. They are planning to have in-person attendance. I guess there are some other more intimate events wherein you need to have your COVID vaccine uh, done. But it appears as if there's going to be some semblance of normalcy in Cleveland with the, the NFL draft at the end of April slash early May. And it's involving the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you, you can see here there's, you know, First Energy Stadium, Great Lakes Science Center. All that stuff is going to be uh, hosting. All of those venues are going to be hosting various events and, and all of that. So good to see that there's going to be some semblance of normalcy in this year's NFL draft. And then, you know, hopefully everything is kind of back to normal by 22 when they do all of these festivities. But Cleveland is preparing itself for in-person attendance at the NFL draft. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. And, and hopefully everything's safe and still people can have some fun and, and be there in person. Maybe some of you who live in the Ohio area are planning to be there and represent Bengals nation, however that is. But um, th just be be aware that there are going to be some limitations and differences in uh, the normal draft process, but they are going to be doing something to have a lot of different in-person events. So that's kind of cool. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns, let's keep, keep it on their little corner of news right now. They did sign someone over the weekend as well. Anthony Walker, a linebacker who they call quote smart and tough and it's a good little pickup for them in the in the way that the Indianapolis Colts have had a very good um a, a very good defensive late and so this he he was part of it and now he is going to the Cleveland Browns to uh bolster their defense and hopefully improve their team as well so good move by them Moving on to the new Browns, the Baltimore Ravens. Kevin Zeitler 
says he feels strongly that he made the right decision in landing in Baltimore. Uh, and Kevin Zeitler had several teams he could have signed with during free agency, says BaltimoreRavens.com. But when he looked at the Ravens, he kept seeing things that he liked. Um, winning and being part, uh, winning and being on a great established team was definitely no matter where I went, that was going to be part of it. Zeitler said during an introductory video conference after talking to Coach Harbaugh and everything, I thought it fit. What I do well with my run blocking and everything, I just thought for me and my family right now, Baltimore was the place to be. So that is Kevin Zeitler talking about being happy in Baltimore. I, I wouldn't assume he would go in an introductory press conference and blast the team or anything like that or blast his decision, but he seems to be happy. And of course, if you remember, the Bengals were in the running for Kevin Zeitler again for a reunion there and the contract and everything else did not match up. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it sounds familiar. Let's move on to general NFL news and not good stuff here. I don't want to really talk about this too much, but it is very noteworthy because it's a, it's a star player in the NFL. He has tried to get himself out of the, the team that he is on in terms of, a trade, but there are now 12 civil lawsuits filed against Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I think I, I also read somewhere, maybe even up to 13 now. So I don't want to go into the details, but there's kind of some ugliness to this and it's not looking great for Deshaun Watson. Hopefully this uh, gets resolved in the most positive way possible for all parties, but um, not, not a good situation and don't want to belabor that, but uh that is some news on the Deshaun Watson front. I'm seeing here, this is an interesting one. Kyle uh, from Fear Lanier, Kyle Pitts just ran a 4.46. Interesting. I kind of figured he would run around that time, probably a sub 4.5 is what I was thinking. So I, I again, doing this right now, I don't, I haven't been live, live timing some of these things. So I appreciate you guys giving me some of these updates if they are indeed factual. So we'll have to keep an eye on if Kyle Pitts ran a four, four, six. I mean, that's wide receiver esque. that's wide receiver esque. So that's, I, I don't know that the Bengals, I don't know that they view Kyle Pitts the same way that some of us do in terms of a flex option or a multi use weapon. I think they maybe see, see those two letters tight T E tight end. And uh, they may not see the value there at five. We'll see. But on that same kind of note, there was some a little bit of interesting news centering around Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner. He came in on Monday and weighed in at 170 pounds. Now, there's a lot of – we kind of knew he would be light. I don't know if a lot of people thought he would be that light. But uh, he revealed his weight on Monday, 170 pounds. This is on NFL.com. And there are concerns with that based on the speed, strength, everything of the NFL and, you know, slight stature at that position, you know, you, you question about going across the middle and all of that. But, you know, a lot of people say, hey, Chad Johnson, and he, Chad Johnson has rushed to his defense in terms of, Chad said he played at that weight. I don't know that I fully believe that, but maybe, maybe. And then, of course, you have guys like Marvin Harrison and whatnot who played probably around that same range and had stellar Hall of Fame type of careers. So there's a defense of that. There's an overlooking of that. There's an, there's an opinion that overlooks that. And there's also a little bit of an opinion of, hey, that might be a little little bit of a reach if we're talking the Bengals at five. But, you know, as you maybe go down in the first round a little bit, 
maybe that makes a little more sense. Then let's just get caught up on this is NFL.com as well. And then we'll bounce on out of here. We seem to get to a lot of different stuff on, on this, but this is a little bit of latest news and buzz here. Uh, Joe Flacco is visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. That one's interesting. Jalen Hurts is in line for the Philadelphia starting gig. So we knew that, but they want somebody. And by the way, this is from just the general staff at, around the NFL. Um, he backed up Sam Darnold last year, did Flacco. So there's that. I mentioned Josh Reynolds earlier, one-year deal with him for the Tennessee Titans. They did lose, uh, I believe it was Corey Davis in, in free agency. So that's where they're kind of trying to remedy that loss. Ravens are bringing in Sammy Watkins. I told you that one. Dallas Cowboys are set to host a pair of safeties, Malik Hooker and Demonte Kazee. Uh, Keanu Neal uh, signed with, with Dallas. Uh, so, you know, Kazee was a guy that played in Atlanta with Keanu Neal. So there's some interest there. Andre James is an offensive lineman that the Raiders have signed. And uh, they are also slated to sign Matt Dickerson, a former Tennessee Titans offensive lineman as well, probably a backup there. Dolphins sign linebackers Brennan Scarlett and Duke Riley. Niners agreed to terms on a one-year deal with Taven Wilson. Steelers signed defensive lineman Chris Warmly to a two-year deal and Tyler Simmons to a one-year contract. Cardinals sign offensive lineman Max Garcia and Brian Winters. Winters was a guy maybe that some people thought may be a fit for the Bengals. But uh, Arizona also signed punter Andy Lee and the Buccaneers signed uh, re-signed Rob Gronkowski. So those are some of the other headlines around the league. And that's going to wrap it up for us. We've got through a lot. Tried to keep this a little bit more manageable. We still hit 40 minutes, guys. Yikes. But still, hope it's a fun episode for you. We tried to get to as much headlines about the Cincinnati Bengals and around the league, around the division, all that stuff. It's been fun touring the headlines with you. Thanks for tuning in live. Get the show on any number of platforms after the fact and try and join us live whenever we hit the air. You got to subscribe to our channels to get notified when we are heading live on our channels. So be sure to do that. But thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. I'm Anthony Cazenza for CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider. This has been the Monday Water Cooler Chat. We'll see you Wednesday.